Welcome to the third official episode of Rage Ring Radio. I am Cashy, Cashiest Boy on Twitter, your host, along with my other host, Reptar, Reptar Reducts on Twitter. How are you, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. I'm a bottle of wine deep and <laughs> ready to talk about some interesting shit. Oh, yeah. Finally, I got a new mic. I got audio software sorted. So all the issues you fucking enemies have been complaining about in my mentions because you can't handle the punk rock <laughs> DIY aesthetic of our first two episodes. For sure. Well, now we've got a polished, uh, commercially friendly format for you. So congratulations. Yeah. You win. We sold out. Audio Institutional movie. investors came in. Now yeah, the show's over. All right. So we have some very great things to talk about tonight, as I said. Uh, first thing, though, obviously, uh, if you didn't realize this was going to be the first thing we talked about tonight, then you're not a real gamer. Um First and most important thing, uh, perhaps the greatest cultural occurrence uh, since the musical British invasion in the 60s, uh, bigger than punk rock, uh, bigger than the Berlin Wall coming down, uh, bigger than Nirvana, mm-hmm. bigger than grunge music, bigger, bigger than really anything that's ever occurred. I'm talking, of course, about Todd Phillips' Joker 2019, the Joker movie. Spoiler warning, there are going to be spoilers, all right? We, you, can't, you can't talk about this movie properly without spoiling it. So um, if you're listening and you haven't seen the Joker, first of all, you're a fucking retard. But uh, also, I'm, I'll put in the show description... On YouTube or whatever podcast app you're on, I'll put a timestamp for when you stop talking about the Joker. You can go ahead and skip right to there so that you don't get the movie spoiled. But also, go see the fucking movie, you idiot. You idiot. I, if, you're, if you're scared of getting shot in a movie theater, you're dumb. And you won't understand the movie anyway if mm. that fear is legitimate. Blue check build. Yeah, big time. Uh-huh. All right. Um, so what do you think, Cash? I think, I think, honestly, I mean, I don't think I'm trying to pander here, but personally, for me, I haven't had too many movies like affect me on like a semi-deep level, or just you know at all. But I would say, Joker is probably one of the greatest movies of all time, and I feel like with the current contemporary uh, parallels. And messages it tries to send for potential solutions to what we got going on in our society, not the fictional society. Um, it is arguably the greatest movie of all time. I mean, maybe that's just my limited movie. Um, I mean, I think I've seen a lot of movies. I've seen probably a couple hundred, but I feel like I no, no other movie really bridges all those gaps but 
Yeah. That's that's what uh, my, is my take. But it's it's a pretty strong take. So I, I feel like most people don't have that, but I that's no, powerful. I mean I totally agree. I, I I think this movie had like so much to say and it was able to say it with uh so little. Um you know, there's no real overtly political statements and I think anyone who's who, who, who who's watching it and is like oh well obviously uh, this is meant to be Antifa or this is meant to be incel like mm-hmm. you're, you're you're looking at it through through like a boomer lens. I see I see uh, boomers on the left like oh this is you know, incel, radical white male violence, and then I see uh, boomers on the right who's saying, fuck Joker, like, the message of the movie is more social programs, we need more social programs. And I think both are missing the point. Joker, like, if you walk away from this with a political message, like, you're kind of dumb. Yeah, there's no way. It's like you didn't pay attention to the movie Mm -hmm. because... Joker says I'm I'm not political in it now. Not that, like, there couldn't be a political message. It's much more a uh, social, societal. We mm. live in a society message, which it, which transcends politics. I think that's hard for people to understand in this day and age where, you know, everything is political. Yeah. Um, it's much more about I think that people have been left behind you know no matter if you you want to blame that on the right wing you want to blame that on the left wing you want to blame that on the rich you want to blame that on big government people have been left behind and people are fucking losing it because of and this movie spoke to that really well i think uh and there were just so many things in it that are such uh like a part of i i hate to keep saying the me but a part of society Mm -hmm. yeah today that aren't mentioned like uh spoiler like when i see you know i see uh arthur fleck joker the man who will become joker um a woman smiles at him in an elevator literally just a woman smiles at him and makes a joke in an elevator and then he imagines for weeks they're like in a relationship and he's got this whole thing in his head uh-huh. And on one level, it's like, yeah, that's, uh, that's, you know, oh, he's a crazy guy, he's mental. But it's also mm-hmm. like, that's legit, like, like a commentary on the isolation that a lot of people are feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, feel like and that's I, I hate to get like, wow, oh, I'm so deep and I get it. But legit, like, and, I, I, and this is a part of why I don't think femoids can really understand the movie because I don't think women will really ever like go through that. But now I'm making it sound like an incel movie right now, but it's yeah. not. Um, but there's just little moments like that, like him building all this out of a woman smiling at him in an elevator, like him mm-hmm. um, admiring this TV host and then the TV host turning out to be a total. There, There's a lot of like... There's no like political commentary. There are uh-huh. political elements, but those are really more things to drive the story mm-hmm. more than they are parts of uh, the movie's message. 
Yeah, um, for sure. I can't say enough good things about the movie. And then me, me too. Like outside of, you know, any of the commentary, it's just a great movie. The acting, mm-hmm. the writing, the like cinematography. It's just like I don't. I'll admit it was it was it was maybe a little slow. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it maybe it took a little bit a little while to get going. Um, I don't know. You got anything to add there? Yeah, I mean, I really liked. I mean, I was okay with the slowness. Um, I had really high hopes for the movie, but I I had this I had this sneaking feeling that I was going to get let down, and I was really afraid going into it that it was going to just be like this. Some, you know, we we live in a society, so a downtrodden, uh, not top politicians or talk show hosts. We got to deal with the issues of society, and typically we don't. We just get whatever slaps thrown at us. But like they went and hit every expectation that I had and more. Um, it's like they, they did a crazy good job on that movie. Everyone in it, it's just like remarkable, and the way they they sent the messages of the movie because a lot of people were either talking about incel dumb as being some like motivator, kind of like an accelerationist thing, or um, maybe it's the white nationalists, right? Because you know. I mean, I'm sure people on the internet can equate, you know, most of them to be the same people, but the way they did the movie is that, like, the girl he fantasized about for so long was, you know, mixed, and it, it, they were both struggling, right? Because everyone where they lived was struggling, so mm-hmm. they focused a lot more on class and not race and, you know, stupid politics and stuff like that, which is really what's important, right? The quality of life. And all they were doing the entire time was fighting for something better instead of the, you know, corrupt system that they they got going on. And just, like, if you just take away all the contemporary parallels that they're trying to drive points home about, it was just an incredible movie, the way it was filmed and produced and the acting and then the whole story and how that connects it so intricately to every other part of the broader story line about you know joker and batman like batman's parents were killed at the joker rally riots right and then the Mm -hmm. and how the whole thomas wayne was arthur fleck's supposed dad and then he wasn't right because of mental illness stuff so it's like really just a beautiful movie and then yeah and i i i think that's actually another great thing about the movie where you can you can just sort of, it's sort of like a, a, I'm a big comic book guy. Um, I don't know if you are, but so there's this old, I think it was written in the 80s, um, and this comic book called The Killing Joke. It's not actually considered canon, but it's a Batman comic book that sort of is meant to tell the Joker's backstory. Um, mm-hmm. And you get a whole story. Um, and it's it's not the same story that's in the movie at all. Uh-huh. But part of what Joker says in that is, uh, well, if I have to have an origin story, I want it to be multiple choice. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, you, um, and this movie almost is multiple choice. Like, uh, you can, you really like you could, you might watch it, um, and decide certain parts of it being real, and I might watch it and decide on certain parts of it being real. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. Depending on your interpretation of the movie, maybe uh, Thomas Wayne is Arthur Fleck's father. Uh-huh. Maybe uh, 
Arthaflex's mother is just a crazy broad uh-huh. who set him up. Maybe uh, all the riot stuff and everything in the movie happened. Maybe Arthur Fleck was just in the um, in Arkham Asylum the whole time. You know what I mean? So yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that was a great part of it. The way, and I it's funny because I normally I like I hate it. I normally really, really, really hate it when movies are like intentionally ambiguous, like mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, you don't really know what happened. Like, I normally find that to be yeah very, annoying, very cringe and annoying. Yeah, for sure, but I I think it worked here. Um, and I'm not just saying that. Like, it's gonna sound. Everyone knows I've been excited for this movie. Like, yeah. I went in with high expectations, but I've been excited for movies before and then bashed. Mm-hmm. This movie is, is yeah. excellent, and it's it's so funny, you know, just to... I hate to talk about politics too much. It's not really a political movie, but everyone wants to read politics into this. But I think no matter what side you're on, if you're a right-wing person and uh, you want to say, oh, well, this is all lefty movie because they're talking about rich people being evil and well like you yeah okay there's a kill the rich element to it right but mm-hmm. also like the whole thing is sort of caused by him by um social programs and government programs failing him yeah. like that's 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 a big part of the movie um and then if you're uh, a left-wing person, and you want to say, oh, this is a incel, white nationalist, whatever movie. Well, the incel thing is just really weird to me. Like, they, there are elements of him being lonely, right? But, like, he's yeah. not, he's not like, I'm so mad I can't get laid. And then also he's... Didn't he get with the girl, though, right? I thought that was the uh, whole thing. I he, mean, like, I don't think... But I, well, I think it's implied that that's imagined. But again, oh, I guess really? that comes back to what your interpretation. Is. That's true. Um. So, but I, I, if you're even if you're you know you're a left wing person and you think oh this is an evil right wing movie, I mean there's big class elements which aren't you know traditionally considered mm-hmm. anti-rich elements. So it, that's why I'm saying I don't think it can be political because he's failed from all he he's. Yep. He's heart from all sides, you know what I mean? He's heart by government programs and, uh, you know, uh, social community or whatever leftist ideas. And then he's also hurt by uh, big rich people coming in and, oh, I want to run this city like a business, you know, in, in Thomas mm-hmm. Wayne. So and I think that's why it's such a great social commentary that there are uh, all these different things that, you know, we as young people may look to as our answer. All of them fail him. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. And so he's like, you know what? Time to fuck shoot a TV show, Holly. Mm-hmm. Which actually brings me to my next point. There's no way. There is. There is. There is no way they weren't aware of the memes when they were making this movie. Yeah, like, for sure. Nobody can tell me that Joker yelling society right before he shoots a TV show host in the head. No one can tell me that's a coincidence. They knew what they were doing. Mm. Well, in the actual script as it was written, the actual line was a system that fouls you and treats you like trash. So uh, Phoenix actually changed it to society. Wow. Yeah. 
Oh, that's good stuff. But I think that it's just the message is really, like really good because it it shifted it from me versus you, and it's instead of that, it's like us versus the system, which I think obviously you can take whatever side like you were talking about, right? He's hurt by all sides, but um, I feel like if people were to look at the actual problems and obstacle they're facing either individually or as a society, you're going to see that they all have a common, you know, thing. And that that's how you kind of spark bipartisanship is that you bring people together against the yeah. common obstacle. And that's what it really did. Cause it took all these different people and they're all like trodden down upon it. And you know, like I said earlier, there's no race compartment to it either right you know there's at loads all. of articles there's nothing racial about there's the movie at nothing. all yep and then it just it was like the messages were just crazy good and there's no and like just that on top of the uh very little violence like very infrequent like obviously the violence was very graphic the violence was very graphic when it was there but uh, the amounts of times they used it was very selective and yeah they chose to that was use a... it for effect that was a great thing about the movie. Like mm-hmm. when it when it was violent, it was very graphic and very. It wasn't like, say, like a Quentin Tarantino movie where it's violent. And I like Quentin Tarantino movie, but yeah. it wasn't like a Quentin Tarantino movie where, uh, gratuitously violent throughout. There were brief moments where it was very, very, very violent. But then through all the rest of the movie, there was almost no violence. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I thought that was very effective because I guess yeah, that's almost that's what life is. Like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, uh, so I guess before we move on to the next topic, let uh, let's talk about uh, some of let's t- talk about our thoughts on some of the. Uh, is it, isn't it moments in the movie? So I think obvious, like obviously the, the, uh, relationship with the woman didn't mm-hmm. happen, right? Because yeah. she sees it. So I want your opinion. Uh, when he sits in her apartment and then she comes out and she's right. like, wait, you yeah. live down the hall from me. Uh, do you think he killed her and her child or not? I mean, it really did. It it did push for that. I thought they actually had some sort of relationship thing. And then he showed up and he was looking really bad and she told him to get out. And then he kind of walks out kind of violently. He doesn't, obviously you don't see anything on screen, which is kind of what you're pointing to as a bigger thing. You don't really know what happened. But I'd say he probably just left. I don't see the need for him to kill her at all no i agree i think he just i think he just because that would have you know backed the the journalist point about oh it's a violent movie because he's just killing for no reason but i i didn't i didn't hear anything i didn't see any clues to that being a case i just saw him very down and then going and doing something to get attention and then being kicked out and then he like kind of glumly walked off but i think it's just the the movie's just crazy because instead of you know some incel movie where it's just like like just he's either getting beat up on or he's committing acts of violence in like retaliation but it's really more just like 
introspection. Like, what is he going through on a daily basis? What does he see in front of him for opportunities? What is he getting back? And yeah, a lot of people, critics of the movie talk to, I mean, almost all the uh, critics' opinions are just not actual. It's all, like, blue check stuff, right? Where it's they talk ridiculous. about the incel stuff. But, like, some people are like, well, if he does all this awful stuff and he commits these awful crimes, right? Uh, it's like victim excusing, right? Or you're trying to get the side of the victim. But it really, it, it shows, like, what did he actually do? He was beaten up. Like, if, if you want to just break down the story, right? He gets... He gets assaulted constantly, right? And then one day he stood back up. And then this sparked a movement. Because he wasn't planning this movement, right? It wasn't like he was some raging classist or white nationalist who decided to kill some people and then spark, you know, some martyrdom movement. It was just like he was getting beaten up on and then he was given a gun and he used it to defend himself. And it sparked this thing almost by chance, right? And it's not like he's some mastermind, uh, you know, downtrodden figure. It's like he's really hurt by the system and he decides to strike back. And that happens to bring more people uh, to the same mindset that he's at. Kind of understand where his experiences are and how they correlate to their own. So I feel like it was very introspective, but it wasn't, it wasn't excusing, but it explained everything, right? And then it, well, yeah. it does, at the end, just you realize how awful it is. Like, I think mm-hmm. it would make sense for anyone to think like that when they live in a place like Gotham was at the time of the filming. Yeah, so... Uh, first of all, I don't think I don't think he killed... I don't I Like, that's, like, what I took away from it when I was watching that scene when he walked out of the apartment. But, um... To what you said after that, yeah, like it's weird that like there was all this talk about oh this is too heated and like it's glorifying this violence and like okay so why is why is Heath Ledger's Joker universally praised? You know what I mean? Like he yeah. did a lot of bad shit too. Uh he's, I mean if you if you want to put it the way blue checks are putting it, that Joker in the Dark Knight, he's an angry white guy too. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, with uh, other people who are committing crimes for same purpose um and i think a, a lot more people die i mean i don't have a count but if i had to guess i'm sure if you watch both movies back to back heath ledger's joker is probably responsible for more deaths than joaquin phoenix is. yeah i'd say um, almost double it's just more. it's you know it's it's almost like uh they, they, they hate this the blue chicks and the journalists and the film critics they hate this movie but it's like because it's sort of like they're sort of the bad guy. They're part of the bad guys in this movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's about yeah. this sort of upper class of uh, gatekeeper part, like TV host and uh, bankers and uh, big people sort of um, making life shitty for the rest of us. Um, and so, I mean, I don't know this, but, like, it almost seems like... <clears throat> These people probably feel they probably I've seen it described as disgusting, 
uh, too pointed. Like, yeah, because it makes you feel disgusting or it feels pointed about you because it's about you, Blue Check. You yeah. are Murray whatever his name is. Yeah. Blue Check. Murray Show. Get what you fucking deserve. Mm-hmm. Disavow. It's a joke. Disavow. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so then I guess, uh, next thing to do with the Joker, do you, what's your take on that, uh, last scene? Do you think, do you think all that riot shit, like, actually happened? Uh, do you think he was sort of imagining the whole mm-hmm. movie from inside the asylum or... Like, what's your take on that? Yeah, so there's a lot of people, I mean, not a lot of people, but I know some people who think the entire movie was in his mind, right? And he was all yeah. there at the end. Um, I think everything was r- real except for the adoption paper. Uh, everything was, f- yeah, everything was real except for Thomas Wayne being his father. But I guess that's a very... Yeah, that was gonna be naive next, way so. of thinking about it, but I I just feel like that's it's just like you take all the like if you, if you imagine everything to just be in his head and then he somehow manages to, like imagine like this guy just goes through a trip in his brain but he's just been at this hospital the whole time and then he proceeds to become this insane villain that terrorizes a city all off of like a premonition dream thing. I don't know if it's a daydream even. I don't I don't know what that even be. Right? Yeah, like I think psychosis. I agree. I think I think all the riot shit was real. I think mm-hmm. I think the riot happened. I think he really stood up on on top of the car and I think he was arrested afterwards um and taken to the asylum cuz he's obviously mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> And I think he, he killed his therapist at the end, hence the blood footprints as he's walking away, and that's life mm. by Frank Sinatra's and then the... I think... I don't know, I, th- I think the movie is... And maybe this is just wishful thinking on my part, but I think the movie is too well-written and well-made for the ending to just be... And then it was all a dream, you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm saying, like, you would, you take out all the connections that they managed to make to the actual society that we live in and then the the actual lore and the storylines behind the yeah. entire universe type thing they got. So and I, 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 it would just be weird. Exactly I, like you I, said. I don't think I... I don't know. The one I'm sort of conflicted on in terms of what really happened. Like, I lean towards not thinking that Thomas Wayne is Arthur's father. I don't think that's mm-hmm. the case. Um, But I thought something that, that's really great, and I think this was sort of the point, is... So, like, as far as it gets to that point in the movie where he thinks his mother's which is crazy, right? Like, he mm-hmm. thinks Arthur Wayne's not his father. He's putting on his Joker makeup. And then he finds that photo with, like, sort of like what could be a love note, what could just be a sort of nice message from someone who you asked to sign something mm-hmm. on the back. But he hardly even looks at it. He just, like, scrunches it up, right? Sort of like at the point. Even yeah. he doesn't he doesn't care. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Either way. Um, But, yeah, I lean towards thinking... Also, just because, like, it would be weird if the Joker and Batman brothers 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like people would be like, wow, that's so crazy that <coughs> they're brothers and all that, but I feel like it makes sense because it points back to the mental illness thing and drives home more about that point, right? Yeah. Whether she was mentally ill and it explains that, that the system didn't just fail him, it failed his mother and a whole bunch of other people who you see Real rise up at the end. Real message of the whole movie. Single mothers have ruined society. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, you got anything else on the Joker? No, I mean, we talked about a yeah. lot. I, I really liked it. Um, nothing but good things to say about it. I don't think I have any complaints. Um, yeah, our, our autism really can't like describe it enough. You just gotta go yeah, see it. Yeah, it's really good. I got you. Should go check it out for sure. Take um, away from it what you will. It, yeah, it's, it's true. Incredible. It's really just an incel uh, white terrorist movie, so I don't check it out. But <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. Pretty good view if you got the the money and the time for it. Um, I think we we're gonna. I think we already contrasted. You know, the audience versus. It just you oh, know, yeah, the, we... the critic base of the blue checks, which is just, it's amusing because they did it for that other movie, right? What was that really poorly rated movie that just came out? Oh. Or maybe it was highly rated, but it was like shot down. There was one that was highly rated by critics and lowly rated by audiences. Yeah. Um. Fuck. What was it? I don't know what it was. I don't remember now either, but like there's there there's a few instances. Um, actually, there's one. It's not the movie you're talking about, but it's funny. Mm-hmm. If you go, oh Dave Chappelle, up, but oh yeah, the Dave Chappelle special, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's the one. Uh, we talked about that on the last episode, I think. Yeah, um, we did. But also, if you go and look at Rotten Tomatoes, Joker has. Like a seventy percent score from critics, yeah, and then a ninety percent score from audiences. Only ninety percent. Oh well, it's ninety something, and okay. it's yeah. seventy something from critics. I'm giving sort of ballpark yeah, yeah, sure. Then, if you go and look at uh, the reviews for Black Marvel's Black Panther. Uh, Black Panther has like a a ninety something percent from critics and a seventy something percent. <laughs> so yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. Don't trust film critics. Sometimes they're yeah. right, but a lot know, of the they're time right. they're wrong. Yeah, um, I think wow. I think the bigger I saw a big thread about this one. Uh, the c- comparisons of reviews between Endgame and Joker. Like uh, you definitely looked at Black Panther, but Endgame was like this big yeah. final, you know, conclusive cape shit movie, and then there, there's like all these you know blooming opinions about how great it was and how it was like this powerful last stand and about teamwork, and then how Joker was some. I I don't even know how they described it, but it was like trying to impression downtrodden upon young people to rise up against the systems in place. And it just, it's like they treat it like a bad thing almost, or they would just flat out lie about what happened in the movie. I noticed that too. Like just straight up making shit up. 
about what happened. I'd be like, wow, did that really happen? Wait, it didn't. But that'd be well, pretty yeah. fucked up if it did. But and that's actually another came. great thing about this movie. Like, I think it was, I think this movie was so good. It's sort of like providing like a juxtaposition to Marvel movies to sort of show oh, yeah, like for sure. Don't get me wrong, like I watched the Marvel movies. I'm not I gonna lie. Too. But yeah. like this movie does a great job of sort of sort of like providing a contrast to show sort of how cringe the Marvel movies are sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um like I saw like a bunch of articles on different websites and I'm not the first person to say this. This has been pointed out on Twitter. I'm kind of stealing this, but it's a good point. Um, a bunch of articles like, uh, click this article to find out if Joker has a post credit scene. Like, mm-hmm. Marvel movies have literally, like, poisoned normie brains so much that, like, they've just got to assume that everything has, like, a post credit scene setting up for the next movie. Yeah. Like, all Marvel movies do. Yeah, nothing's uh, ever I mean? standalone, nothing's ever um, finishing. And that's sort of, I guess. <laughs> We can talk about real quick. I don't know if you saw this. Um, Martin Scorsese, uh, who is a famed Hollywood director, uh, he directed Taxi Driver, Goodfellas, Gangs of New York, Wolf of Wall Street, uh, Casino, lots of other mm-hmm. big movies. Um, he recently was in an interview and he said, um, I don't view the Marvel movies as cinema. They're more like theme parks. Like, yeah. they just, you go and you have fun at, but they're not really saying anything about... Yeah, they're not really too deep. Or whatever else. And all these blue checks and fucking nerds are like, I cried harder when Iron Man died <laughs> than I did at any Martin Scorsese movie. And it's like... Yeah. I don't, I don't even necessarily... Like, I don't know... Even if I would say Marvel movies aren't cinema, because like I don't, I, like I'm not, a, I'm not a filmmaker, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I'm not a film critic. I don't have any real yeah. insight to say that. But I'm not gonna fucking argue, like these dumb fucks who like work at IGN and Kotaku and shit, really gonna like be arguing with Martin fucking Scorsese about what cinema is. You know what yeah. I mean? It's so ridiculous. Like it's just. It's convinced me even more, especially since seeing the Joker, that like Marvel movies are brain poison. Like they <laughs> made people retarded. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just. I think you. I think people give movie critics like. I don't understand why you give movie critics the platform at all, right? Because everyone has their opinions, right? I have an opinion. You right. have an opinion. Everyone's a, mo- everyone, everyone's a movie critic. In a yeah, movie. for sure. And everyone has different opinions and everyone has different levels of expertise in things. And if you look at, you know, most occupations, you you can, you can have like specialists or experts and you can consult with them to figure out something. But for movies, what are you getting? Uh, you should maybe know the standard of production. But besides that, there's really to a point not very much you can review that isn't different from uh suburban you know families and their thoughts about their the new film that came out right and the fact that like i i think 
obviously it's messed up that they're just obviously running their own agendas, right? But the thing is, yeah. I don't think they should get any press time at all. Like, who are they? What do you, what do you do? Do you have any? Like, right. Even like if what? you were like a film producer and only film directors and producers and writers could vote and criticize movies and review them badly or goodly, um, I wouldn't even really care about that, right? Because maybe you're going to get some, you know, spicy opinions from people who actually do this stuff. They actually have skin in the game. But just being a consumer and having no, nothing to, nothing to do to stand, you know, on your own opinions about X topic. Mm -hmm. Like, why do people listen? Like, I know people are like, some people just, oh, uh, am I going to see that movie? I kind of don't like it. I'm going to see if the reviews are shit. If the reviews are shit, it's bad or good or, you know, whatever thing I was originally thinking, getting like that confirmation bias. But I have never really looked at reviews for a movie before I've watched them. And maybe I've looked at them or have someone shown me them, but I don't really care about them, right? Unless I think right. I've seen parts of the movie or a trailer or something, and I th genuinely see, wow, this is not a good movie. I can <laughs> see in the trailer, but I'm not. I, I haven't seen too many bad movies, and I'm not like scouring media yeah. review sites to get that done. So I think the first problem fixing that whole issue uh, fixing the entire divide is that you have to take the power away from them and when you when you care about their opinions their entire job is giving you their opinions so when you try to mm -hmm. do anything with their opinions then you're just basically promoting giving them marketing for what yeah they're critic brand the reviewer brand like who are you get the fuck out of here with that right. shit and i think you know like all all occasionally look at movies mm -hmm. like if i say i i see a movie trailer and i think that looks fucking awful yeah. um and then let's say i happen to be on go on rotten tomatoes and all of a sudden it's got you know 90 percent to 100 percent i might think oh okay maybe i was wrong about I'll go check it out. Like, why did it get such good yeah. reviews? Um, but making your, like forming your opinions on movies or deciding whether or not to see a movie based like purely on reviews, mm -hmm. it really doesn't make any sense. Cause you know, you look at writers in any other medium, like let's say uh, politics or economics or what, it, like there are, mm -hmm. like it almost makes sense. Not that you should ever listen to journalists in anything. Yeah. But like with 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 certain things that require expertise, it's like yeah, okay, there are going to be people out there who mm -hmm. know who know more about uh, macroeconomics than you, who understand fiscal policy, who might be able to understand fiscal policy more than you can. There are going to be people out there who might understand the political system more than you are, just because these are sort of things with levels of understanding. But really, mm -hmm. if you're listening to movie critics, what you're really saying is. There are people out there who are better at watching movies than me. Exactly. You know, it's just which doesn't make any fucking sense. You it know what not. I mean? Yeah. Like, exactly. go see the fucking movie. If you like it, you like it. Like, you uh, know, maybe you maybe you like Adam Sandler's Jack and Jill. If you do, you're probably low IQ, but that's up to you. <laughs> Don't rule it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Because uh, like, it's it, kind of like crypto Twitter. If we're gonna give them that easy example. 
right? Like you should, when you're making your own trades, you shouldn't look at anyone's ideas. Or if you look at their ideas, you should like just immediately change your mind to fit theirs because it's not good. But, you know, if you have someone with a track record, right, like the loom dart of movie opinions, then maybe you can listen to them once or twice, right? But you're not, you shouldn't rely on them and you shouldn't give them power because, right, they, they at the end of the day, they only have their opinions and they can be wrong about their opinions, right? And it's all just like a thing. But the thing is with movies, it's not something important like financial markets and money right. and you're not, you're right. investments. Exactly. It's a movie that's, it's there and there's nothing to comment on. There's no predicting. You're not predicting. Everyone has access, the ability to go see the movie. You're not trying to make crazy calls. The movie is there. You can go watch it regardless of if you're going to like it or not. And yeah, when, and the worst that you lose yeah. two hours and 10 bucks if you don't like it. Yeah, you know, exactly. Whatever. It's, um, it's ridiculous that people give them any sort of yeah. respect just to reviews. mention them. Don't Stop talk about movie, movie reviews. reviews. Don't talk yeah. about them. They're literally, what's your own movie review? You're a movie critic, all right? All of you listeners, Raging Radio listeners, you're all now official, thanks to listening to this podcast, you're now all official movie critics. Um, I want you to go set up your own blog website because a lot of people read those. And then you got it because that's all you need to be a movie critic. And it's just, I think that just the first step, like I said, is just not naming them and just not talking about them. If you don't give them any air, they can't expand and kind of breathe, right? Well, like who is who is paying these people exactly to go see movies and write about like i really want to know like it's gotta sort of be to some extent like industry plants right because like how are movie reviews making any money you know uh-huh. what i mean like there's no way they are but like people yeah. are getting paid to do it i don't mm-hmm. know i think it's, it's probably weird. mostly trust fund babies who are just got him. yeah yeah or just you're so very very successful in another occupation and then you retired and now you just spout your own personal shit about some things that are accessible by anyone right it's not like this is like some piece of jewelry it's not like you're getting consulting done for you know how much is this priceless artifact worth right it's not like that it's like it's a movie somewhere right. in hollywood it was made uh, these millions of people watched it the box office numbers were these you can go watch it you don't have to watch it but if you want to you can and it's just the fact that anyone I don't know. but you do have to go see joker you do, you do have to go see yep. that that's if the you... one movie you have to see. It's true. If you listen to Raging Radio episode three and you don't go see it, or any of them, really, and you don't listen to it, you're officially not a, a true fan. Only true fans watch the Joker so they get the, the context and the memes on the show. Uh, you want to look at our next couple topics? Yeah. So, uh, next thing... Um couple of weeks ago now, maybe more like a few weeks, it's been a while since we recorded an episode, but a few weeks ago, um, I went down to Miami with a good buddy of mine from Twitter, um, Drew, at Death of, at Death of Fire on Twitter, go give him a follow. Um, me and him drove down to Miami because uh, Nick Fuentes 
a young up and coming political commentator was at an event um and there was uh lots of other sort of political e-celebrities i guess you could say at the event um jake wall who we talked about a couple episodes was there uh kathy Zhu, who we talked about was there uh ashley st Clair, who we've talked about was there um ali alexander who i don't think we talked about but he's like a big political twitter guy was there and there were lots of other people there um so i went to the event it was great uh met nick very friendly guy i got way too drunk and made lots of the east celebrities uncomfortable which was very fine but uh more so than my experience uh sort of out of this a we talk a lot about the uh right-wing grifters on twitter um and there's sort of became a grifter civil war out of this so to give you guys the quick rundown uh ashley st Clair, who uh was previously is a conservative quote-unquote uh personality online who a lot of actual conservatives don't like She's one of these people who very much just seem to be sort of doing it for the money. Um, you know, like, oh, look at me. I'm a conservative. Give me clout. Um, she was at this event, and she took a picture with Nick Fuentes. They were in a picture. And from what I, I wasn't there, but from what I understand, they actually had a big argument. So they weren't be, even being, like, buddy-buddy. But for being in a picture with... Nick Fuentes, she got fired from uh, Turning Point USA, which is Charlie Kirk's organization, a big, like, fiscally conservative but socially liberal uh, sort of conservative organization. Just for being in a picture with Nick, she was fired. And then this whole war on right-wing Twitter sort of broke out of uh, people who had previously been very against Kathy, uh, I'll get to Kathy in a second, but people who had previously been very against Ashley St. Clair sort of being like, well, she sucks, but it's also bullshit that she's getting fired for being in a picture. Like, that's dumb. Um, and then people who are still like grifters and fake conservatives being like, no, you can't associate with white nationalists like Nick Fuentes, even though Nick is not a white nationalist. Um, and so there was this big sort of thing. And then Kathy Zhu, who was also at the event, as I said, who we have definitely talked about before, uh, sort of got involved and she was like, this is ridiculous that she got fired. Um, and now she's also sort of been disowned by the sort of grifter, right? The uh, conservative ink, as it's sometimes called. Uh, right, and there's been there's been a real shakeup in uh, online right wing interaction. But I, I think it's so funny because all these people, uh, you know, whether it's Charlie Kark, whether it's uh, Will Chamberlain, whether it's uh, Cassie Dillon, or uh, these characters from the DC Examiner, they never get banned from Twitter, but they're constantly online, like, oh. Uh, Freedom of speech is important, the First Amendment, but you're, you're firing people for being in a picture with uh, 
freedom of association is a very important part of freedom of speech. This idea that we can associate with people without being uh, sort of indicted for what their viewpoints may be or what their actions may be. Um, so it's been a real uh, eye opener on on who's really based. And you know what? I'll I'm not gonna call her based, but Kathy Zhu, I've come round. You can go for it, yeah. I, I have come round. Not even look. Not even from meeting her. Like I met her, and I still thought she was gay. But 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 she stuck up for Nick. She uh, said that thirteen do fifty on Twitter the other day. Um, so I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool, and I think even while I still think she's probably not a real conservative, at least. Like in her misguided convictions, I think she's probably genuine now. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's and the but these people, Will Chamberlain especially, like Charlie Kirk hasn't really commented directly outside of his organization having fired Kathy Zhu, but Will Chamberlain, uh, who I don't know, a lot of you guys might not know if you're not like on political Twitter, but he's just this fat, four eyed retard who it, just like all the stereotypes, like, <laughs> I'm a conservative, but I hate racists too, and liberals are the real racists. <laughs> um, he's a trust fund kid. You know, he doesn't have any actual base. He's just able to spout his opinions for money because he's got so much money already. And he's like, he's like 30 or something, and he's trying to can't like cancel teenagers. You know what I mean? Uh, basically for, for being more popular than him. Yeah. And I don't know. The whole thing seems ridiculous. I know you went there, Cash, so it's hard no, no, that's good. Say, but any thoughts? No, I mean, it's just... It's it's all gross on every side. So I think we need to... I wish we could drain the, shru- drain the swamp, but Trump didn't do yeah, too much of that. Yeah, that. that's, that's, that's a big thing. Uh-huh. Um, well, and it's so funny. Like, if you look at a lot of these people who we refer to as grifters or who I would refer to as not real conservatives. Like they're all up there and they're tweeting like MAGA and drain the swamp. But like these people weren't Trump supporters. These people weren't MAGApedes as they were called in 2015 or early 2016. These people were Marco Rubio staffers or Jeb Bush staffers or Carly Fiorina staffers, you know, and they've come around to Trump Mm. now that it's become sort of the the mainstay of the yeah, conservative base in America. Is, yeah. um, and I don't know. I Like, I've talked about this all enough in previous episodes, but it's, it's, it, it, it's really come to light this time, like with this whole disowning Ashley St. Clair thing. As much as I don't like Ashley St. Clair, I think she's a dumb thought, but her getting fired was... It was pretty funny. It was like like you hate you hate to see it. You know what I mean? Hate mm-hmm. to see it. Yeah. Anyway. You got outgrifted. Yeah, truly. Yeah. It's it's sad, but yeah, I think if someone could drain the swamp that'd be cool, but I don't know. Maybe well, mommy can, but I I think as yeah, is I right mean, now. It's, it's a bit tough. There's sort of separate things, right? Because like we can drain the the government swamp, the bureaucratic swamp, but like we also need 
the the like journalism social. swamp. Yeah, yeah the social cool. swamp to be drained. You know what I mean? Which is really part of why um, I don't like libertarians because I think you know this nonsense, this grifting, and then a number of other perverse activities, which we can get into later is is totally allowed by that you know what i mean like yeah. a lot of these people a lot of these lying journalists i'm sorry this might not be politically correct but these people belong in prison um for lying to the american people for taking money from poor innocent maga boomers QAnon boomers who don't know him um yeah uh should we move on i shoot so, speaking of boomer political issues, I guess, um, recently, Donald, our President Donald J. Trump has said that he is moving troops out of northern, northeastern, actually might be more, more accurate, northeastern Syria. Um, there's about 50 troops there on the border between Syria and Turkey. Uh, and he's moving them out and sort of letting Turkey uh, do as they want. Um, and there's been some backlash from the um, neocon conservative Inc. And then also the sort of phony conservative journalists who we were just talking about saying, oh, because so for those of you who don't know, the, the, the cards occupy... Uh, northeastern Syria and then part of Iraq and they're sort of an ethnic group who don't have a country right but they see themselves as their own <clears throat> sovereign people um, and they're actually so now Trump's pulled away and now Turkey is moving into there to sort of secure their border because Turkey views um, <clears throat> the PKK which is the sort of uh, Kurdish political group is a terrorist organization because Kurds do do terror attack um, in Turkey. And obviously uh, Kurds were a part of the American Western fight against ISIS, uh, Kurdish troops, Kurdish militants fought against ISIS with the US. There's a, there's a lot of people um, on the right, and then also on the left, just because the left needs to agree with Donald Trump, who are saying, oh, we're, uh, we're abandoning our allies by pulling these troops out, and um, this and that, and I'll give my thoughts on it in a second, but I've been talking for like 10 minutes straight, I feel like, no, you're so, so, you're so dude. What, do you, what do you think of this serious stuff, Cash? Um, I don't know. I feel like if it's only 50 troops, how many was it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's only fifty. Like, troops. Literally, like fifty troops. How many how many troops do we have in total in like the Middle East? Like you're flipping shit about that. Yeah. It's like you can he, they. I'm not a fan of Trump too much. I'm a fan of like the memes, but besides that, he's done nothing for the policies and just suffer a very certain subset of people, mostly neocons. I tweeted about neocons before. I'm sure you guys have seen him, but not the biggest fan of him. He's only done pro-neocon things. He hasn't done anything for the base that got him through the door. And that doesn't bode well for four more years. Um, however, I did tweet about um, a couple of days ago that if 
Gabbard or Yang does not get, if either of them don't get the nomination for the Democrat, uh, Democratic National, I mean, the Democratic presidential nominee, there's a 0% chance that Trump loses as incumbent. So I think, I think uh, Gabbard and Yang really need to win. I, I feel like it's slowly turning towards Yang, but we haven't seen too much happen for Gabbard yet. Um, I think all the rest of them are completely shot. Um, I think Warren would have the best chance out of the rest of them, but again, it's like levels of magnitude. And then there's like Trump. It really goes Gabbard, Trump, and then below that is Yang. So it's like Gabbard, and then lower is Trump, lower is Yang. A lot lower is Yang because of the Reddit shit. Uh, and then all the like, if you go like ten levels down, then there's the rest of the candidates. So I think it's, I don't know, man. I, like it's a pretty surefire win for Trump, but should we let him win? Because obviously he's gonna win because the whoever they're gonna put up, if it's not those two people, it's gonna be so bad that we need to vote Trump in again to protect what we need to protect. But. Trump really hasn't done anything for his base whatsoever. Hasn't done wall stuff. He hasn't done. I think he was talking about term limits at one point. Um, he yeah. did taxes. That didn't really do too much. And then the economy is looking. The economy is shit. And then the stock market looks like it's hitting maybe some last legs. Um, I get, it, we, might, we might get another small impulse up stonks wise. Just get another small all time high run. And then. Uh, look at that from there. As we head into this new decade, 2020 to 2029 is upon us soon. But um, really, really gross. I don't, I'm not an American for sure. I'm a citizen of the world. But if I, <laughs> if I have to vote for Trump, I might have to, right, if they put up someone like Harris or Booker. But I really just don't want to vote for Trump. He hasn't done anything besides tweet about how people are anti-Semitic on Twitter. <laughs> and how they're not for the great nation of Israel. And it's just like, get the fuck out of here. I don't want to see that shit. He's our president. And he's tweeting about how people are anti-Israel patriotism shit. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. So big disavow on the Trump. But maybe he can actually accomplish something and then stop sucking off neocons but that's my take uh, on it really i think it's a n not event but it it points to the again the divide as we come closer to the election cycle for 2024 2020 yeah. to 2024 um, so i think um on the syria cards thing specifically um I think it's, I think the reaction from both sides has been sort of dumb because like the people who are, people in both the left and the right who are saying, oh, we're abandoning the cards after they helped us defeat ISIS um, and they're our allies and blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, first of all, yeah, they helped us defeat ISIS, but where were we fighting ISIS at? We were fighting ISIS on their land where they live we were helping them they weren't helping us we didn't have to be involved at all you oh, know sure. what i mean isis weren't in america 
So yeah, that's a good point. Um, and then also, but then again, these people, the people who are sort of cheering this on, and all of them, they don't cheer it on to some extent. Any removal of troops is good in my eyes, but there are pro there are pro Trump people who are sort of acting like, oh yes, we're ending the endless war. Yes, it will. No, there's still. I think 12,000 troops in Syria. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is a, a very small amount being moved out. Yeah. Uh, so and it's nothing to be mad at. Pretty much inconsequential, but I, yeah, I true, do true. think what's interesting, uh, particularly when we take into account these, um, people who are saying we can't let Turkey do this. Uh, Kurds are allies. First of all, Turkey is in NATO. So Turkey is by definition an American ally. Like mm-hmm. we can't, launch an attack on a NATO ally. But then also, so it, it is a fact that the Car- that Kurdish militants do um, terrorist attack in Turkey. Turkey has said that they're taking this action in northeastern Syria just to secure their border right by the Kurds. Um, now, what's another nation who borders right near a group of people who don't have their own recognized state and mm. they commit large acts of violence well, in the name of defending themselves from terrorists. Wow. Who else does that? I've Maybe our greatest that. ally, uh, a country that that all these people who are so worried about the Kurds really ha- and are mad at Turkey, they have no problem with Israelis bombing Palestinians. Not that I'm particularly, you know, impassionate for Palestinians, but uh-huh. I'm just saying it's an interesting <laughs> parallel that Israel is allowed That's to true. bomb schools and hospitals to mm. secure its border, but Turkey going after a militant communist group uh, to secure its border isn't allowed. I don't know. For it's sure, interesting. dude. Um, on mm. the broader election issue, I mean, yeah, I think we're pretty much uh, in line, I think. Um, I don't know, right? Like, I think Tulsi would have a a good chance against Trump. I was a little disappointed to see her sort of flip on impeachment. Um, I think it's... I don't think it's a good idea for her to try and, like, oh, look at me, I'm in line with the party. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, I saw... Like, I saw... I remember Rand Paul doing that in 20... In, in yeah, the Republican primary in 2015, and it didn't work at all. Uh, you know, he was a very anti-military guy and he started strong military stuff and blah, 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 and yeah. like just made him look like everybody else. And I don't think Tulsi's gone that far. But, yeah, I, I um, definitely agree. Um, but I think she'd have, I think she'd have a good chance against Trump. I think Yang would have a good chance against Trump. Um, but I don't, I don't like, as it stands, like if we're being entirely honest, Neither of them are really competitive in the prime, at least based on polling. And polling can always be inaccurate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like polls put Hillary at having a seventy-five percent chance of winning yep. in twenty sixteen. So, who, but if we're going on the polls, like the 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 really the only competitive um, candidates right now are Warren, Biden, and Sanders, and maybe no. I mean, Sanders just had a heart attack, so maybe not even Sanders. And I don't. Yeah, it's not Sanders. Warren. Yeah, I think, and I think I do. Sanders super shot. Biden is shot. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think Biden to beat Trump. I Warren, do. I, it's it's basically Warren only. Yeah, as someone who's and honestly, I think that's a, like as someone who supports the president. I think um, 
Warren is should be much more of a worry for Donald than Biden because you know some people are saying well Biden's a lot more centrist he can unite people against Trump because yeah, he's Biden, a martyr and blah no blah chance. blah but Warren I think has a much greater chance of sort of being able to out populist Donald you know what I mean like oh, yeah because uh, Donald won on being anti-establishment and he's still despite the fact that he's been president for three and a half years he's still able to be like i'm anti-establishment because the media is all still you know hating him mm-hmm. but i think you know he's given tax he's given these big tax cuts to uh billionaires and corporate entities um and yeah maybe the stock market's doing great but like what are you gonna you're gonna go to you know the rust belt you're gonna go to minnesota or wherever and be like yep the 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 tax the ta- stock market's doing great like, <laughs> Dow jones shit, just hit a new I mean? milestone yeah that's yeah. not why they elected trump so i think trump should really be scared of warren i think she's yeah. the real threat i don't like her at all um but i and i i don't honestly i like in my heart of hearts, I think Trump's going to win in 2020. I don't... I, don't, I do, too. Like, the odds definitely point. I'd say there's like a 67% chance. Yeah, I'd put money on it. Yeah. Um, no, I'm like I'm, I'm saying it's a dead certainty he wins if Yang or Gabber don't get in. If Gabber gets in, it depends on how it goes, but I'd say there's around like a 22% chance. Yang would be like a 12% chance against Trump. And Trump gets the sixty-seven percent chance, and if neither of those two get in, then it's a hundred. I don't even know. Maybe I should calculate Warren into it. Uh, I wasn't super loud on Twitter when I was talking about Warren, but she's probably the third, as I said before, third decent candidate. Not decent, as in you know someone to vote for, but but just someone who can compete against Trump for yeah. sure. Because you you see, you see all the, like the protests that are going on, and they're completely aimless. There's no demands. There's no propositions. It's just we're young. We're loud. We're going to march. And we just have no nothing we're marching for. We're just making noise and wasting our and other people's time. And it's just like I was talking to one of my friends and he was at one of the he was at one of the the protests and it was a climate protest and he was holding like a capitalism is evil sign that someone passed to him. And it was just like they no one even knows what they're actually gunning for, right? Right. Because typically, like, even when you, like, I'm not conflating them to terrorists, but, like, even terrorists and, you know, negotiators, that whole brand of it, it's, or, like, hostage situations, there's demands that they're asking for, right? But the current political protest scene on the left side is definitely just, like, we're just going to be loud and, say how shitty things are and not really try to fix anything. Right. Like, it's everyone's just, it's aware all, everything just, is shit. Everyone knows everything Trump is shit. Fuck what's going on. There's exactly. no actual, here's what we can do. Yeah. yeah. Here's some solutions. No, it's just like, everything sucks. Yeah, we all get that, man. We're all in the society together. But when you don't actually try to solve anything, you're worse than useless, right? It's just like, get, get out of here. You're utterly redundant and irrelevant. And if Warren managed or Gabbard or Yang managed to, you know, I, I feel like Yang and Gabbard are more 
more bipartisan, you know, kind of uniting the country instead of tearing apart. And that's why I said, mommy's the white pill. But um, for Warren, as you said before, she could do the whole populist angle. She could get, if she gave actual structure to these protests, then things would not necessarily change, but they would have a much better shot at accomplishing whatever they're screaming about, which they don't currently know. I don't think most people at the moment, but it's interesting. Um, you talked a little bit about how Gabbard uh, folded on, uh, she folded on impeachment and then you talked Amen. about Kurds, but that that was more of a non-event. Um, Cause it really is, there's really nothing to talk about there. It's not good for either side. Um, it's not the isolationist pullout of troops that don't need to be there. It's not even isolationist. It's just like, we don't need to have troops here. But it, for the other side, it's not even it's not even great because it's only 50 troops, right? And the other yeah. side is, these people have never helped us. But I'm also concerned that she's going to stop. Because she's, so, she's such a good candidate and so many people like her from both sides of the aisles, right? It's because she's not spewing the exact same talking points like whenever trump does something bad orange man bad probably pops up once a day on the the moments feed that's probably you know they probably got nine or ten or twelve of these candidates saying the exact same thing about whatever trump did and it's like they're all just like newscasters reading off you know misinformation Mm -hmm. lines like that video but yeah, I don't think she's going full pander mode yet, but I think I'm going to close the case on her if she starts doing it. I think she has a really strong chance to win, but uh, to speak of Gabbard, um, you saw it today. You were laughing about that. Um, my dad sent me a... He's oh, more man. leftist. He sent me a article about <laughs> what Tulsi Gabbard's up to, and I don't know who it was exactly. I think it was the New York Times. But... um. Yeah, let me check that right now. Yeah, New York Times. What exactly is Tulsi Gabbard up to? And it basically talks about how she's obviously not having the same opinions as everyone else, kind of how Yang is doing uh, his campaign. But it talks about... Let me get exact quotes for you. Let me pull yeah, it up real quick. It. It's, it's, so it's incredible. So, you know, obviously I have different opinions from my dad, but, you know, it's a, she's a Democratic candidate and she's kind of bipartisan, so I'm a big supporter both online and IRL obviously not going to so far. I just have, you know, the merch and I rep in that. I rep it verbally, but I don't do any sort of campaigning things, but it talks a little bit about how her performance is doing. She's the New York times really kind of goes out to bash her. She's barely cracking the 2% mark in the polls. Now she's trying to be all edgy talking about how she's going to boycott the debate because it's rigged. The 2020 is already rigged. Like, what's the point of running if you're just going to not attend the time that everyone watches you, right? Everyone's super mm-hmm. busy. No one's out there researching policies of these candidates yet. It's really just who's got the sickest words. And she did a really good job of the previous debates, uh, tearing into Harris. Yeah. yeah. But she has to do more of the same. And if you just boycott, no one gets to hear your voice. No one besides your followers are like scouting you out in your social media accounts to see what you're talking about. So you need to get up on that stage and you have to say the things rigged, boycott the debates or, you know, find different debates or different methods of collecting. 
snippets. But anyways, uh, in this thread after they kind of go and bash her for uh, her performance, it really talks about who is she pulling in for numbers. <laughs> and I have a bit of time finding the exact thing here. So uh, the first little bit is, as they say, this is a direct quote, Perhaps strangest of all is the unusual array of Americans who cannot seem to get enough of her. On podcasts and online interviews, in interviews and Twitter feeds, alt-right, internet stars, white nationalists, libertarian activists, and some of the biggest boosters of Mr. Trump heap praise on Mrs. Gabbard. They like the Hawaiian congresswoman's isolationist foreign policy views, they like her support for drug decriminalization, and they like what she sees as censorship by big technology platforms. Now, that's our first paragraph. We're going to have multiple paragraphs, but the, just to break that down, she's isolationist because she doesn't want to be in wars that we don't need to be in for gain that isn't for you know the general good of the public. They like her support for decriminalizing marijuana, and they don't want big Silicon Valley companies to be able to s- control what people say and think on the internet. So I just just in that paragraph, I'm thinking, okay, well, those seem to all be good policies, right? There's no policies that she's like that are bad, right? She's not against abortion, that like you know leftists and people who you think would be writing for the New York Times if you look at their yeah the roster there you'd really think you'd be trying to find some bad opinions bad policies but i i'm down with those um, maybe that's because i'm one of those edgy alt-right internet stars but you know consider me whatever and then the next paragraph is just the best it made me laugh so hard out loud um <laughs> the next paragraph then there's 4chan the notorious toxic online message board where some right-wing trolls and anti-Semites fawn over Miss Gabbard, calling her mommy, and praising her <laughs> willingness to criticize Israel. <laughs> and I don't know. I didn't know what to tell him. I just showed him my profile picture. Yeah, the current one on Twitter, if you, if you follow me. Uh, Twitter.com slash cashiest boy. Currently, I have the cash logo, and superimposed in front of it is Miss Gabbard in her full glory. And I've done many tweets about uh, certain Middle Eastern countries, and I may have referred to her as some sort of mother or girlfriend. So it's just, it, it made my day. I hope it made your day. I found it incredibly funny that. <laughs> that was the argument trying to break me from my mold is what I just do online. Very good. You did an excellent job there. But The best part about that is that, like, there's the fact that this paragraph exists. Oh, it's so There's stupid. some, like, some blue check New York Times journalist out there who, you know, probably went to school for like six to eight years, assuming oh, yeah. they got their master's in journalism. They like worked their way up, got a job at like, uh, as Sam Hyde would say, the prestigious New York Times. Mm-hmm. And now they're spending their days like lurking fortune. Like, oh, they're calling her mommy. Oh, write <laughs> that down. You Shut it down. Like, Shut her down like, real quick. Hall monitor- like basically know. being hall monitors from the internet. Like, 
it like like it honestly if you if you sent that to me and told me that that art was from a buzzfeed article i would totally <laughs> believe you you know yeah. what i mean it's like it's hard to tell the difference at this point or the onion or something like or, yeah, like, right? like when they yeah. have the policies that are supposed to be bad and they're actually just listing good policy like what is that oh we shouldn't have drug be we shouldn't have kamala harris arrest us for using you know weed and we should we should definitely send more troops to you know israel to protect the chosen people and you know just we need to have the big facebook knows how to control our populace right we need facebook we need zuckerberg and all his glory to be able to control what we say to stop hate speech from happening before it happens which i just i love that part right controlling things before they happen preemptive hate speech suspensions it's just awesome but that was just funny though the article but that's that's mostly what i got on neocons for the current i need a uh, miss gabbard to really start combating these neocons yeah, I or mean, else I'm gonna go circuiting Blackbolt again. I mean, she's back in the debates now. She wasn't in the last one, um, mm-hmm. so I think she she's really gonna have to. Uh, she better she better come out swinging at oh, this yeah. next debate. Please and yeah, it's do. also the same thing about Yang. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I don't know, like you know, if if this uh, Ukraine stuff, which uh, is kind of boring to me, I don't really want to get into the whole yeah. thing, thing. But like, if that. I think everyone knows what it is. Um, that ends up sort of torpedoing Biden. Mm-hmm. Could be a big shakeup poll-wise, you know what I mean? Like, things might... Will probably mostly stay the same. Like, it would probably just be Elizabeth Warren moves to the top, and then, you know, Bernie's behind her. But Bernie's also just had a heart attack. So there's a lot of people who are sort of, you know, the main contenders. Two of the three mm-hmm. main contenders are looking very wobbly right now. So I don't, I don't think... I don't think this race is over primary race is over yet and then also again hope so, man. don't don't listen to polls you know what i mean so the, the thing about warren is man um i feel like like if i was a real sort of like socialist guy like you know redistribute the wealth you know take down the big banks and i i'm and i like so i have some of those simple like i would never describe myself as a socialist but like i have problems with large corporations and problems with yeah, I think um, most people do. I just don't really time. frame it in a in a right wing perspective, in a left wing socialist perspective. But if I was going to, I would have much more faith in in Bernie following through on those convictions than I would Warren. You know, and I, I don't know why that is, but I just I don't find Warren to be very genuine. I don't find her to be very authentic. Mm. Um, I'd be very worried about her sort of coming back to the center once she's elected. Yeah, that's uh, true. Much more so than I'd be worried about Bernie. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a big problem with, I don't know. Well, it's interesting. I was, I was, uh, yeah, you should, you go. I was reading an article the other day, and the the idea of the article was sort of, um, so like Bernie and uh, Elizabeth Warren are obviously similar candidates with sort of similar talking points and policy. What is the difference between their voters? Um, and this article sort of uh, said that according to like the polls and these studies. Basically, to, to put it in a nutshell, working class people support Bernie, and the arch enemy of the people, affluent 
liberal white women support Elizabeth Warren. Mm. Um, and I thought that was such a... It's one of the most powerful me, like, uh, demographics, though. What's the say? You know, like champagne social. You mm. know what I mean? Like these rich people who think it's great, so uh, they'll vote for her. Um, but like, I don't, I don't really, I don't see her making a fundamental change. Um, like, I think I don't like Bernie. I disagree with almost everything mm. he says, or most of what he says. But, but he would try. I, I, I think he would make an effort to make fundamental. Yeah, for sure. As much as I think that would badger attempt to make fundamental change to the country. Yeah. I just don't see Warren doing that. I don't. And maybe this is my misogyny coming out. I don't have much faith in women leading the country. But I just, I don't, I don't see it. I just don't see her having the the wherewithal or, or the will uh, to make that happen. Um, yeah. And on Tulsi, uh, I have a concern with Tulsi where I guess it's sort of like I'm worried we'd see I guess sort of what happened with Trump happened to her, right? Where we have this outside uh, outsider candidate, although, I mean, she's been a politician. Maybe she's less outside, but like in uh, terms of party consensus, outsider, different policy views, radical changes, foreign policy, um, and whatever else. I would be worried that she would get elected and sort of like Trump has, um, get elected and then sort of be pressured into beginning to uh toe the party line mm-hmm. you know what i mean like but i guess that's gonna be that's gonna be i guess that's a worry with any cat yeah right um that they're not gonna be their full selves yeah so if you google congress yeah, if you google uh congresswoman quits uh democratic national committee endorses bernie sanders this is from february 28th oh yeah uh 2016 so uh tulsi gabbard congresswoman at the time was the Democratic National Committee vice chair, and she resigned after um, Hillary Clinton basically rigged the election against Sanders in order to clinch the nomination. And she left. She resigned from her post at the DNC in order to go out and support Sanders, who was not promoted or supported at all by his party. So That's a good that point, the, actually. The fact I didn't that think they're about running that, but Biden, I remember now. Yeah, the fact that they're running Biden or uh, Harris as any sort of big candidates against people like this is just such a joke. Like, yeah, it's, 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 um, but I mean, they were lucky for them. Assange is in jail this time. Yeah. Sorry about any email, which Assange episode. Eventually people who will get into Assange (laughs) deep dive one of these days. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, if you're done on that, yeah, yeah, that was, I guess you did good on that. The last thing that we had to talk about, and I've been excited to talk about this for a minute, because I think anyone who has has seen uh, the uh, what's been going on with what we're about to talk about has probably seen this coming. Um. In the alphabet people communities online, by alphabet people, I mean LGBTQ plus whatever other so on and so letters forth. you want to put on the end of there. Yeah. There has been uh, sort of a, a civil war going on amongst um, our diverse press people. 
So essentially what has happened is um, lesbian, so biological women, lesbian, have been being called out by trans women, mostly pre-op trans women, by the way. Trans women, so as in men with penises dressing like women. Um, because these lesbians are saying, I'm not attracted to dick. I'm not gonna, ha- like, I'm not gonna, you know, consider this person as a possible sexual partner. They've got a penis. Um, and I'm sure there are some who, you know, even want to have sex with post-op trans men, trans w- women, whatever. But the fact is, it's, it's, it's even a problem when they, they, just when they won't do it with uh, ones who still have their penis. Um, so they're being saying, well, you're robbing them of their, uh, womanhood and you're saying they're not a real woman. Um, and it's just, it's so funny because it's, it's coming to, it's essentially coming to no, you have to have sex with this person, right? Which is sort of the, the total opposite of what the left has supposedly been trying to, supposedly been trying to accomplish with sexual liberation, the stuff that has gone over, on over the past few decades, women empowerment, women, you know, shouldn't be pressured into having sex and, like, rape culture and this and that. But things have sort of come full circle, and now lesbians are being told, no, you bang the tranny. Bang the tranny. You gotta bang the tranny. And, you know, you look at this, and you look at uh, Yaniv, that thing about wax the penis. Wax the penis. Do it. It's it's interesting. Yeah. Sexuals have really sort of thrown this whole movement for a loop, I think, and it um it sort of speaks to a wider issue of there are these uh a sect of feminists called TERFs, T E R F, uh, which stands for uh trans exclusionary radical feminist. Um, and these are women who are very like crazy feminists, women's rights, women are oppressed by men. But at the same time, they, they have this view of, well, trans women aren't a part of it. You know what I mean? Because they've mm-hmm. grown up men and now they've just decided to become women. They're not really like a part of the struggle and it's sort yeah. of like a cop out for them to just decide to be women. So mm-hmm. there's this whole thing going on trannies are gross that's my official <laughs> and this is just full vindication basically like listen i have my views on homosexuality which i won't get into right now let's assume that it's fine right let's assume that if a woman wants to have sex with a woman if a man wants to have sex with a man let's let's say for argument's sake that's fine do it you know what you want to do behind closed doors let's say that's all true um the, all those arguments go out the window, though, uh, when you're you're telling people, well, you have to count this person with a penis as a woman too. Not only, not only in what pronouns you use to refer to them, but also you you gotta have sex with them. You've gotta you've gotta s- listen, mm-hmm. Miss Lesbian, uh, Lesbian Dyke Jones. You've gotta. You've got to suck this woman's feminine penis, or you're transphobic and you're not a part of the community. Um, I don't know. It's just insane. Clown world. Yeah. Uh, Hong Kong. 
Hong Kong Joker movie. What do you think it? Um, I think I think it's pretty based. Um, I'm not sure if um we talked about it on the episode that we didn't send or we talked about it on the first one, but I did talk a little bit at some point on recording about um both sides kind of uh dissolving and obviously you kind of see the right was kind of torn apart in 2016 by trump so that's kind of already i would say fractured but now you're looking at 2020 and that's when the uh the left side of the equation is going to also get uh taken apart and the, the just the fact that they're pushing 23 or how many candidates at the start is just such a joke but the fact that all the little bases inside of the broader, not even just political, because it's it's more than that, right? It's social for this current topic, right? Um, they're going to just start infighting because they're not, it's more than, I feel like it's more than heterogeneous as like, just like a bunch of groups because some of them are actually just inherently oxymoronic to each other, right? When you compare Muslims to gay people to women and turfs and lesbians to trans people and like you're all these you know they're they're fighting against each other because they are their beliefs and you know pretty much just all their values are just inherently against each other right like if you take Islam and Sharia law I think we talked about this on a previous episode, yeah. but that and you take that with clown world, drag queen library reading time. Uh, it's just stark, utter contrast. Like I can't think of anything more conservative than Sharia law. I don't know. I mean, I, obviously we have the chosen state, but it's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> damn conservative, right? And they yeah. managed to keep their, you know, ethnicity pretty homogeneous that entire time so it's just interesting when these people i feel like just the powers that be are trying to pit all these people together against some common enemy that is whatever the right currently is is turning out to be but in reality all these group needs to actually resolve their issues with each other first before they decide to work Mm -hmm. together and accomplish anything because it's just like how do you think that was going to end right it's like a short-term fix short-term solution to a problem that is much more deep yeah well and i i think i don't necessarily think uh it's all for the left it's all going to sort of break up in 2020 especially if trump wins like i think the infighting will sort of stick to you know parts of reddit or whatever other sort of or twitter or Mm. board internet boards where people are talking but i think Generally, while there's a common enemy in Trump, we're going to continue to see this sort of big tent thing. What will be interesting is when there's actually someone in power, uh, a left in power, you know what I mean? And there's yeah. no, like, they don't, they're nothing don't, to stop. They, they, they don't all have to be out there together uh, chanting, no Trump, <laughs> no KKK, yeah. no fascist USA. Yeah. Um, then I think we're going to see some real divide. Like, I, I, I've always put it, and I don't know if I've, said this on another recording but i've I've tweeted it before um you know people look at uh these sort of new insurgents in democrat party like aoc 
and Ilhan Omar with these radical beliefs, and they say, oh, well, this is this is the Democrats' Trump moment. Like, this mm-hmm. is where the real, like, change in the... De- and I don't really... I don't know if that's true. I think a better comparison would be to say that it's sort of um, the Tea Party for the Democrats. You know, back in 2010 through mm-hmm. 2013, these sort of real, like, small government, low-tax conservatives all sort of came insurgent into the Republican Party, and it looked like it was going to be a big change in the party, but then it really wasn't. But then it's it sort of... Yeah set the way for the coming of Trump. So I, I think it's, I personally think it's going to be a little longer before we see a real big sort of uh, break in the Democrat party. Um, but to get back to the, to the specific issue of these uh, lesbians being told they have to have sex with men dressed as women. I just, I think it's so funny because it's so, you know, it's obviously been a meme like in, in you know, in the sort of internet circles that we hang out in, especially that I hang out in. Yeah. We've sort of speculated for years that like at least a portion of like, even if you want to say there are people out there who, you know, have gender dysphoria and they, they genuinely feel from a young age that they are, you know, in the wrong gendered body or whatever. Even Like there's almost certainly a fraction now that it's gone so mainstream of just like, for lack of a better term, like super autistic guys who can't get laid. So they say, oh, well, I'll be trans and then I'll be a lesbian and then I'll get to have sex with women. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I sort of feel, and you don't have to avow that, but I, I feel like it's almost now like it's been, it's kind of, you've got these guys and they're sort of like rats. I've been found out, you know, yeah. like, Oh no, my master plan has been foiled and I'm still not getting any coochie and I've taken all these estrogen pills and I've grown tits and I'm still not getting any coochie. Yeah. Darn. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just think it's vindication nation. You know what I mean? No. Um Yeah. I think it's it's crazy. And like this is this sort of argument, and it's only going to get bigger, but I, this was the log, like what people has, have been saying is sort of the, the logical conclusion to this path we've been on for years. You know what I mean? Like anyone who, you don't even have to be on the right. Anyone with any degree of sort of critical thinking, not just like consuming what you're told, has been able to see that this is obviously going to come up as an issue at some point. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, it's just so funny that it's now you've got actual leftists who are all about, you know, female autonomy and women shouldn't be pressured to do anything. Now pretty much being told you've got to have sex with this uh, woman, quote unquote, who has a penis. Um, and it's sort of like, and then it, it becomes even harder because like, let's say you buy into that. Um, so yeah. Uh, if a uh, lesbian, uh, natural female lesbian refuses to have sex with a trans woman just because she's trans and she's transphobic, it's like, well, how do you measure that, right? Like, how do you decide, how do you decide if a lesbian is being transphobic or if she's just not attracted to that particular trans woman or whatever, you know what I mean? It's just, and it's going to get harder and harder to understand until eventually, eventually everyone realizes that trans people are mentally ill and buying mm. into their mental illness 
isn't going to fix them. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't tell schizophrenic people. Yeah. There are voices in your head. Talk to them. Good yeah. for you. You got multiple. It just, absolutely. And you're just going to have the rabbit hole is just going to get deeper and deeper and keep going and going. And this is sort of a normie boomer take. I'm like, this isn't really, I'm certainly not the first person to say this, but it's just, there's no end to this. There's mm-hmm. like the slip. People say, Oh, that's a slippery slope argument. You're using a slippery slope argument. Okay. You know what? 10 years ago we were saying, Hey, why can't gays get married? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. who cares what people do in their bedroom? And now 10 years later, we've got drag Queens reading to children in library. Fuck you. The slippery slope is real. Okay. The slippery, as far as I'm concerned, the slippery slope has yeah, been entirely confirmed. validated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I I got a, I got a lot. So, um, you had a comment, your main statement and you said I shouldn't have to evaluate it, but I, I don't have a problem evaluating, uh, things. It was that there's a lot of guys that, you know, can't get any cutchy and then they try to, you know, snip whatever they got, try to flip over, change out to the other side to see if I can get any. And I would say, um, I would say the circles that we may find ourselves in are just the reports of it have been mocked. I'm sure there's definitely creeps that do that, but I'm sure the subset is less so. And it's just more in general that you're just wrought with mental illness. And I think you can't just say that because everyone has mental illness, whether you're part of the alphabet gang or you're just, you know, you're just booling, right? I think you can see that in society. Most of tweeting is just memes about mental illness, right? But um, if you look at the alphabet group, uh, especially as you go up the spectrum, it gets considerably, considerably more probable that you have either some or extensive uh, mental health issues. Uh, So I think the sooner someone is brave enough and comes out and says, this isn't healthy, this should be taken down. I'm fully for uh, the turf war. I believe in everything. I'm more for um, radical feminism. I know this is funny because if you if you said this a couple years ago, I'm more for radical feminism. Uh, you'd ha- you'd be a fucking goober, but I'm more for that turf mindset than I am for because I'm more for more equality than just whatever. F- Free for all shit show that we got going on with Alphabet Gang down at the end there. So it's really you know most of what I got on that. I think it's just and we can we can look back on the Joker talking about how mental illness and we need to find better solutions than just saying oh yeah you're t- completely validated because it's all about validation, right? If it wasn't socially valid to, you know, send your kids to get hormone blockers and puberty blockers. Like, did you see that fucking screen cap? It was the LGBTQ town hall, which is hilarious. That's a thing. And it's just this is this old white guy. And I don't know what his name is. And he's just up there. Tom's there. And it's just it's just like a photo of a TV uh, show of him. And it's just his face. And it's like downtrodden and the question is on the telecast thing it's how are you going to be able to make puberty blockers more accessible to the public so he's basically asked I'm sure they were all asked it 
and I'm sure they all had amazing responses for how we can make it more affordable. It, it's just you're basically taking kids and you're stopping their biological natural processes yeah. artificially, and you're you're changing them for the worse in the most right. cases, and unless you're actually people... intersex. And it's their kids, so you're fucking your kids up. It's not even like their own choice. And then they all want to kill themselves because, holy crap, my body isn't as it should be and my mind isn't as it should be because you basically just skull-fucked it because no one should have to go through that unless you're actually intersex and it has to be handled. But that is such a very slim... Like, I imagine that's just 1% or 2% of the... Maybe it's higher. I'm not really sure. I haven't looked into it too much, but the trans population, I don't think a majority of it are actually hermaphroditic, right? Oh, no, they're not. So you need to... Hermaphrodite's like a separate thing. mm -hmm. Like exactly what you you said for the schizophrenia bit. You don't go and... You don't go saying like, yeah, the monsters you're seeing and you're fucking... You know, the, the people outside your windows aren't actually real and you actually need to get help. But yeah, if you it's look like, at these trans like people, it's just like, yeah, you're totally acceptable. You can really just go out and sexualize kids. It's all about being confident and talking. Like if someone powerful. in the Joker had been like, yeah, Arthur, that black woman down the hall is your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, your dad is <laughs> Arthur, Arthur Thomas Wayne. Fuck. And then yeah. just confirming all of your things. No, that's how you fuck someone up that is in that, you know, unfortunate yeah. situation it's like you you don't confirm what isn't true just to make them feel better. It's like, you know, the white lies when they build up and they're actually harmful, it really fucks your shit up, especially if you've been told that your entire life and if you had no say in the matter, right? I think you should be, you should have to be above the age of 25 in order to transition. Uh, This is a new cash policy. Um, And then it should not be the current <laughs> I didn't watch it but what it sounded like the uh, LGBTQ town hall sounds a little fucked and I think it's just a sad snapshot of the entire society that we live in is his face I can try mm-hmm. to pull it up it's yeah I actually I forgot all about that uh, mm-hmm. town hall until you brought it up just now but I um I thought it was so funny. Uh, I didn't watch it. I saw mm-hmm. clips on Twitter as it, and screenshots on Twitter as it was happening. And I, uh, what I was watching at the time though was Trump was giving a speech in um, Minnesota, I believe it was. And I just like it was, and I, this has really added to my thinking. Like, yeah, there's not much of a way that Trump can lose in 2020. Like, mm-hmm. I'm watching the juxtaposition of Trump is, you know, on stage at this rally talking about, oh, like we're gonna do this for our like working class and like we're bringing jobs back. Like, which a lot of which he hasn't done, but he's like, and we're gonna end foreign wars, and like we love our cops, and all this real sort of like rust belt populist rhetoric. And at the same time, the Democrats are on stage uh, taking questions from transgender nine-year-olds. There were two, two transgender yeah. nine-year-olds often asking questions at this thing. Um, and one of them, uh, I don't have it on me right now, but one of them someone posted a tweet with like various articles that have been written about one of them throughout their life. And it's very clear that this kid's mother, like made them transition. This girl, little girl's mother made them transition to a boy. But, um, 
I just thought like it was so evident of how the Democrats have lost the plot. Like Trump's giving this speech about like, you know, we're going to make America great again. We're going to bring jobs back. We're going to, uh, you know, all the regular, really a lot of the regular Trump stuff, but mm-hmm. that like sort of against the backdrop, of, uh, the Democrats mm-hmm. talking to transgender nine year olds and Pete booty judge, by the way, if you need any proof that we live in a simulation, there's a gay man running for president whose name is booty judge. So, um, but he's on stage and he's, He's talking about uh, gay people should be allowed to donate blood. It's ridiculous that sexually active gay people can't donate blood. Mm-hmm. And I've heard this raised before over the years by, like, alphabet people advocates. Like, why can't gays donate blood? Like, okay, why are gay people so eager to donate blood? You know, Like, I've never even, like thought about it <laughs> damn before. really like, i should do that today I'm... like why why is donating blood like uh, the metric for societal equality mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i'm not listen i'm not saying that aids is much more prevalent amongst homosexuals i'm not saying that disease is much more prevalent among, amongst homosexuals that would be bad and we don't say bad things here on yeah. but but who cares? You can't donate blood. Them's the rules. Sorry. And then, you know, you look at they're really eager to donate blood. Mm-hmm. You wanna if if you're really wondering why, Google the term bug chaser. Look up bug chasers. And I won't say any more than that, but maybe it'll give you a little bit of insight as to why some gay people might be so eager to donate their blood to be put into other people. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah. The whole thing, like, it's just, I, like, I can't believe how far the trans thing has come. Yeah. Looking back on it all, like, I remember, you know, when, like, I remember when Kate, Caitlyn Jenner first came out, like, you, you'd almost never really heard about transgender in, like, uh, a mainstream discourse. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, like, I think I knew it was a thing, but, like, it wasn't something I was like, confronted with every day, and then yep. it's like... It's like, gay marriage got legalized, Caitlyn Jenner happened, and all of a sudden there's all these arguments about who can use what bathroom and who has to have sex with who and... Yep. Uh, Non-stop. Inter- and then, like, gender neutral and non-binary and this and that. It's just like, it all seems... Not only is it a slippery slope, it seems very much like a predetermined, pre-planned mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm forced myself, but I'm reading this Vox article about the event right so who's the winners of it it was Buckgate and then anderson cooper epic i don't even know so basically the two <laughs> gay guys were the winners of the gay event right and oh, then wow. the black <laughs> and then the black trans woman so she did you see that video she like oh, grabs. Yeah. She got up and she like yeah. black trans women. Like, how can you look at that and be like, yeah, that's a mentally stable person? Yeah, you know what I mean, it's just. Dude, she, I saw someone someone retweeted that video and was like, yeah. "Wow, Michelle Obama is going off." <laughs> yeah, but like, she's is she the the person? I'm not gonna try to pronoun them properly, but she's like, this is what anti-blackness looks like: the erasure of black trans people. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what percent is that. 
Yeah, but I well, feel like it's like crazy. And then if you look at the the bottom of it, it said like, "Who are the losers?" You know, it was it was the one guy who made a pronoun joke and got booed. Oh there's yeah, Biden, who Fredo. yeah, there's Biden who talked boomer about gay people, and then the the last loser, the first loser on the list, is lesbian, bisexual, and non-binary people, and I think that's probably like the majority of who's on the binary, the alphabet list, right? Right. And like, not a single question was asked about lesbian policies. And then bisexual people and non-binary people got one answer each. So there, it's it's all trans people. It's all the trans thing. I think that's, I think that's the big agenda move right now. Yeah, yeah, it's totally. The, it's the did vibe. you see? Did you see? Uh, I saw a clip from the town hall. Of Biden. He's like, you know, 15 years ago in San Francisco with gay people, it was all mm-hmm. about gay bathhouses and 24-hour sex around the clock. Yeah. So, Yo, yeah, is Biden getting faced right now? <laughs> um, yeah. And then he tried to like, oh, like he almost like kissed Anderson Cooper. Biden's losing it, dude. Like, yeah. That's just a it's point. funny. Dude, I just don't understand why he's up there. Who's paying? Who's giving him any money? Yeah, Especially there's after no the, way he wants to be doing that, yeah. right? Like the Biden shit. Like there's the Hunter Biden thing. And then there's the the story about the black pool that he was at. And then there's the gay bathhouses and there's just like all this shit. It's just like, why are you up there, man? Like who, who are you trying to get to vote for you? I don't really understand it, but I guess we're going to get some more content in the next coming months as the presidential 2020 candidate, uh, candidate race heats up. Yeah, but go turfs, uh, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Uh, uh, maybe that's bad to say. Maybe we're gonna get deplatformed now. But I fuck with the vision for the trying to, because the thing is that that whole thing plays into uh, how sports is doing, right? Because if you're seeing, they open up like the floodgate for trans people, and they're just cleaning records easily as fuck, right? Like there's this one. Uh, transitioning to a female, but you know, it's been male all its life, and it's now I don't, I don't even know like cleaning, he's not in shape at all, and somehow outperforming the best women in the world at all these different sports. Like, maybe there is some sort of biological <laughs> distinctions between the two yeah who knows dude i don't get it but it's, it's just like like i don't know i just said all i can say yeah it's it's painful i try not to think about all that too much because uh did you want to do china um if you want to yeah we'll be cool. all right so there's been a, a recent i guess not even just recent occurrence series of occurrences um of large corporations taking heavy-handed actions against uh employees consumers depends on the case but basically of uh corporations sort of clearly showing their bias towards uh protecting their chinese interests 
Uh, so, as everybody knows, unless you live under a rock, there's big protests going on in Hong Kong right now. So, uh, one instance, which I don't really care about because I don't watch basketball, but uh, a basketball coach, uh, I think, tweeted something about... Um, uh, an NBA basketball coach tweeted something about how, like, oh, free Hong Kong and, like, what the Chinese government is doing to the people of Hong Kong is bad. And then, like, the NBA put out this whole big statement, like, disavowing him. And then there were people at NBA games that held up signs that said mm. free Hong Kong and they kicked these people out. Um, the one that matters to me to any extent, the one that should matter to the gamers, uh, to our audience, is Blizzard Activision. Um, which is one of the biggest gaming companies in the world, obviously. There was a Overwatch tournament um, being run by Blizzard, um, and at, there was a live stream of it, and at the end, like the winner like, held up a sign after he won that said, Free Hong Kong, um, and then Blizzard um, said, well, no, uh, you're banned for a year from competing, and you're not getting your prize money. I and mean, that's what I thought we were going to talk about yesterday when we were planning this episode. But then, actually, just today, after a big backlash, uh, Blizzard says, okay, well, actually, you're only banned for six months, and you can get your prize money. So they've sort of backtracked after a lot of it. But um, And then, obviously, there's a lot of other instances of like Apple and Google and other companies sort of making these weird compromises uh, to the Chinese government. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. It's interesting because like these these companies, they don't they don't have any problem criticizing alcohol, right? Like they'll come out and they'll say whatever they want about you know Trump or you know whatever else, uh, and really face really not take any flack for it at all. Um, whereas if there's any remote criticism of China. They've got to scramble to undo it and apologize. So this might not be the take you'd all expect from me on this, but I think you could almost sort of look at this and be like, well, clearly China's government is doing a better fucking job uh, than the U.S., like using their power to sort of bend these companies to their will, Mm. still getting the product, not getting the subversion. Now, that's not really my opinion i'm just saying that's sort of one way of looking at it and then in the terms of the hong kong protests themselves i don't think we have a great understanding of what's really going on over there and i don't think anyone does who isn't over there i think mm-hmm. all these people are like oh look they're the hong kong protesters are waving american flags and singing star spangled banner like they love democracy like yeah, okay, that just makes me think it's like a, a CIA op or something. You know what I mean? Um, and I like I don't. As far as I'm concerned, I, and I hate to say this, but Hong Kong belongs to China. I don't know, like why why shouldn't China exert its will over its territory? Um, and that's kind of a con- edgy contrarian take, I know. But uh, on the other side of that, and this is sort of my other mode of thinking. These companies, again, they're not doing this for America. They're not making any compromises for the American governments, but they're American companies. So it's very sort of unpatriotic of them to be 
bending the knee to a foreign government and that's what i very much disagree with it um i don't they should you know if, if you want to do that move your fucking offices to beijing you know what i mean and pay yeah. communist china level taxes you know what i mean don't be over here in america uh reaping the benefits if you're going to be uh, bending the knee to china so i have sort of i guess conflicting views what do you mm -hmm. think yeah you said um i don't i'm absolutely for liberty more in an actual liberty sense, right? So I wouldn't consider myself a libertarian, but I'm for civil liberties. Mm -hmm. um, as long as they don't impact someone else. But, um, you know, I'm not for China being this very... Because we're not going to advance as like a society, if like as a civilization and a species, if we have stuff like China going on, really, there's no happy situation where a China society is a successful one really I don't right. think it's more of like a Blade Runner I don't even know what that would be equated to maybe like 1984 or something like that but yeah. um, it just it's funny to see all the companies uh, pussying out because China I didn't think it was that bad I thought it was just like a people trying not to get you know disappeared on but mm -hmm. it's like Apple did all this shit with the Uyghurs in the concentration camps. And um, they gave like encryption keys up and like they didn't fix a vulnerability that allowed you to get tracked through your, just your iPhone by itself. So it's pretty crazy, but I, um, I don't know. I think it's, you should get, some sort of you should have freedom of speech right i think you should i don't, I don't yeah. really know i don't yeah, have I super developed too. opinions on the china thing because it doesn't really impact me i mean i could say right. if i like china or don't like china i'm not a big fan of communist china but you know i'm i'm not a fan of communist china by any means yeah. i just i think it's weird how you know if if instead of like free hong kong this kid had held up a sign that said fuck Trump trans mm. rights or something you know what I mean yeah. like you probably would have been like applauded given extra money mm. you know I, I, I mean I'm being I'm exaggerating but mm. it's just it, it's weird it shows that these this sort of um what's the word for it this woke capitalism yeah. uh, I guess you could call it of like these companies you know uh, posting shit like, you know, posting rainbow colors on their shit for gay pride month and doing this and that and like immigrants welcome at our company. Like they're only doing it where they think they can make a buck. You know what I yeah. mean? If it's a, a woke statement in regards to a place that that's not the mainstream, you know, where that's actually going to prevent them from making money then they shut it down. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think it's a real uh, exposing of, sort of these come like people cheer whoa like the nba put the nba logo in rainbow color gay pride month epic but like they would never do that in china you know what i mean they would never let someone mm -hmm. say uh hong kong people should be able to vote for stuff mm -hmm. um so it's it's all a grift you know what i mean um and i think that's the biggest thing to come out of this um it's controlled opposition yeah absolutely absolutely to get them anyway the i'm swamp. done on that yeah i think we we did a pretty solid job covering everything we wanted to do 
Yeah. Want me to just wrap it up real quick? Yeah, go for All it. All right. So I uh, appreciate you guys listening to the third official episode of Raging Radio. You can check us out at RagingRadio.com. We got merch coming out some months ahead. I'm, I'm joking. We don't have any plans for merch yet. Maybe we can look into that. But what check out RagingRadio.com. Uh, you can find all the links there. And we're on Twitter at Twitter.com slash RagingRadio. Um, we should have probably an episode coming on top of this one in the next couple of weeks. I would say we're going to get more Absolutely. active on episodes. Anything you want to add? Yeah, I got a couple things to add. Oh, I just thought of. If you really want to test, now we know. If something is Chinese controlled, they'll shut down comments on Hong Kong. So, Raging Radio Army, I have a mission for you. Every day from now until we get a response, go tweet at Davi, Davi Wan on Twitter asking her about the Hong Kong protest. <laughs> Keep doing it. Don't stop. Uh, if she... she blocks you, let us know. Mm-hmm. If she responds disavowing the Hong Kong protesters, let us know. Yes. Wait, I, I know this girl is President Xi's alt Twitter account, and <laughs> I will go to hell and back to prove it. It's that like not the a real niece. girl. It's like the niece or like the daughter. And she's yeah. just like this wonder girl, but she's actually just like. You know, but also, um, thanks everybody for music. listening. Uh, if you sat through the first two episodes of uh, Bad Audio, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- we finally got it figured out. I Hopefully. Think <laughs> yeah, I, until I play this back, I won't know. But I think we got yeah. great audio on this one. Yes, and we got um, two different recording styles, so more. Thank you everybody for listening. Um, tune in for the next one. It's been a little while since the last episode, but we hope to get them out. Uh, more regularly now. Um, We'll see you later. Peace out. Thanks for listening.